0: There's a lot of people that are going to tell you you're not good enough. There's a lot of people that will see the stoner kid in high school that they believe you are always going to be that person. And you have to be willing to show up and go, you know what? You knew me once. That is who I was. I'm no longer that person. And I'm proving you wrong. Like You don't get to tell me who I am anymore. You don't get to tag me. But it's also twofold in that I'm proving myself wrong as well. Um, So I'm a big believer that I am my own bully. It is my choice if I go along and I pick up garbage that someone else has left behind them and I attach it to myself. So if somebody slings a label at me and I choose to grab it and go, oh, okay, I guess this is who I am, then I'm the bully. I'm actually, I'm not the victim. I'm actually the one who's choosing to pick it up. And so prove them wrong for me is also like proving myself wrong because I have a tendency to to attach those negatives to myself.
1: Be you're a coach, host of Tear Out the Tags, podcaster an entrepreneur, singer I've seen, and a self-proclaimed <laughs> semi-pro balloon twister. That's awesome. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I cannot wait to have this conversation with you.
1: Absolutely. I love to go back with my guests, kind of just make it real for all the listeners there. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you?
0: Yeah. I grew up in Douglas, Wyoming. I was in a, it's very much an oil, oil and gas and farming community about at the time it was about 3000 people. I was there till 10 years old, moved to Phoenix, Arizona, total culture shock. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Turned out there were sports and different opportunities that I could be involved in obviously in the city. And so I, you know, it was very much like a flip-flop in childhood of small town, small community, knew everybody to this big city and a lot of changes and, uh, you know, a whole new world. So that's kind of my, my childhood in a nutshell.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, being out there in Phoenix, you end you end up being a, a dancer for the Phoenix suns. Like when did you start dancing and did you ever picture yourself dancing for a professional sports team?
0: Uh, no, and I actually <laughs> funny story. I got, I got cut on the first cuts when I was 18, Okay, so I grew up an athlete and really I am athletic because I worked so hard to be like my brother. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I would be an athlete if it weren't for like idolizing him growing up. So I always said, oh, I'm a tomboy. I'm a sports junkie. But really I was that because I was chasing in those footsteps. So then kind of entering high school, I wanted to do some other things that were on my passion list, which was dance and cheerleading and gymnastics and some of those other artistic sports. And so I danced all through high school. I cheered for a couple of years and sort of struggled with that identity between the athlete and this like cheerleader persona, sure. um, which is a, a big story about how tear out the tags came to be. But when I graduated from high school, I tried out for the Phoenix Suns that first year, got cut on the first try, I mean, literally like barely walked through the door and they're like, sorry, <laughs>
1: you oh, didn't make
0: it. Um, And then a couple of years later, I ended up kind of happenstance back at at an audition and uh, made it all the way through to the finals. And my, my audition story was actually featured on a television show that was aired that year. And they followed my entire journey through auditions. And it was, it's a really neat memory to have, um, to go back and kind of look at how the audition process works and, you know, how confronting it is to face this competitive nature with these other beautiful women and, So yeah, I got to dance for the Phoenix suns for two years. And then I did an arena football team called the Arizona Rattlers for one season.
1: Okay. Wow. I mean, I, I'm like the worst dancer ever, but like (laughs) it takes so much technique and so much hard work to get to that level where you're able to dance in general, and then to be able to like out compete other, all all these women that are also trying out for that. And then that was a while ago, but now you've just like competed or or auditioned for the Denver Broncos cheerleading squad there. Like, what was it like for you to kind of get back into that dancing and auditioning mode?
0: Yeah. I love this question. So I picked up a lot of negatives through my dance career. It was one of the most brilliant experiences of my life. And I got, I gained a lot of confidence during those years, but I was also labeled a certain way and sort of treated a certain way through that time. So I picked up a lot of negative tags that I attached to myself and really Mm -hmm. believed that being a professional cheerleader was a negative, that I was an object, that I was, you know, my value was just a pretty face. Um, and, And that comes with a whole lot of other layers, obviously. But for me, there was this healing in pulling up my cheerleader tag and redefining what it meant to me. And you mentioned at the beginning of the show that I'm a coach. My job is quite literally to mentor people through change and to inspire them to do the things that are outside of their comfort zone. And I try to do that in my content. I try to show up and really do the hard things and tear out my own tags. And that was the idea behind auditioning for the Denver Bronco cheerleaders. Um, not only can I do this again, can I prove to myself that I still have it, even though I'm about to be 35 years old? Uh, proudly, you know, it, one of the tags I'm tearing out is "I'm too old to be on a pro sports team, um, pro sports cheerleading team." Obviously, I'm not going to be a linebacker <laughs> for the Broncos, but um, but it's been a really exciting process for me, and and really. It helps me kind of see, you know, what I've already had to tear out as far as the negatives that I had collected and how much more empowered I am um, to actually have and seek the relationships with the other women. And a lot of that competitive has dropped inside of me. Mm -hmm. And now it's just really about this amazing experience of getting in shape and dancing again and finding that joy again.
1: Love that. Love that. I mean, you've talked about like tearing out the tags. Like how did all that come to be for you? Like, I mean, it's, you have this awesome podcast called tear out the tags and people need to be going to listen to this. Cause I love the daily kind of, uh, short scripts or short podcasts that you do because they're just moving and they're motivating and inspirational. But how did all that come to be?
0: Thanks. Yeah. So I grew up, I, I say, I grew up, my career started in oil and gas at a young age. Cause it's a family business and, um, it's funny i did not have the family that expected me to be part of that legacy it was more like i ran into a situation in my life where i entered into a marriage and a lot of debt that i didn't maybe know about and suddenly i realized okay i've got to find a way to provide for my family and so of course i went knocking on mom and dad's door like hey i'll take a job if you're willing um and you know 18 years later it was part of my identity it was very much what i believed my legacy was Um, And so it's funny because I think a lot of family business stories are more pressure. Like you must be part of the family business. And I didn't grow up like that. It was more of a choice for me, but I had this career in the oil and gas industry, very male dominant. And I had to show up kind of both masculine and feminine and very much was a people pleaser within that space. And also kind of felt like a shadow because in a lot of ways, the real me wasn't uh, that, that maybe wasn't the passion that I should have gone down in my life. Um, I was just sort of inserting myself into a life that was created by other people. And so I had that experience. And then I also was this MBA cheerleader. So I would go from one very specific brand during my day job to, you know, the glitz and the glamor and the city connections and the influence within Phoenix. And I w- it was a completely different brand. And so years and years later, I was given an opportunity to do executive coaching and corporate development. And it was, there was a situation where I was asked to co-facilitate on a training for a group of vice presidents at a very large organization in California. And the only requirement was I had to wear a business suit. So I pieced together a business suit because you can about imagine in oil and gas, I was like ripped jeans and work boots was my jam. Right. So I got a business suit, flew to LA, the morning of I put on this suit and I'm, I just had this realization that this could be the beginning of a lot of change for me. It could be this opportunity to show up as someone new and really recreate the bee that maybe I had lost touch with along the way and i got in the executive elevator in my business suit and as the doors closed i felt an itch on the back of my neck and it was this embroidered tag that was really well sewn into this suit jacket (laughs) and it was itching and scratching and i'm of course like moving without trying to be too obvious to the others in the elevator and and during that discomfort that started became or came with all of these negative thoughts and so It was like, oh my gosh, how are you going to get through the day? This is so uncomfortable. This is so distracting. You're not good enough. You're not qualified. You're not smart enough. You are going to get laughed at. You're too young. They're not going to take you seriously. And it was rapid fire like that. All of these self-deprecating negative things that I had believed about myself. And through the whole day, I had to work through that. I had to just continue to try to stay focused on the end goal and, luckily I had two mentors that would not have let me fail. And it was a a huge success. But when I left that day, I really realized that that was so such a great metaphor for these labels that we pick up through our lives and how we attach them to the inside of our skin. So that's how tear out the tags was born.
1: Yeah. I love that story, how it all came together. And I think like for me personally, like I had the tags of, being a stoner in high school and mm-hmm. still like for many years after high school, I was known as the stoner guy and yeah. you know, I was, I was in jail at 18 because I got arrested for having a bong, right? Like, so he's yeah. the guy that was in jail, right? You know, all this stuff. And, and uh, I, I dealt and lived with a bunch of shame forever and just embarrassed my past. I'm 41 now. I didn't release my story till I was 39. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just over the last couple of years, I decided to tear off those tags and really start sharing out. And then it was a huge weight off my shoulders.
0: It's funny how we we want to keep that shame bottled in. I have yeah. a lot of that, too. I was exposed to pornography at a really young age, and it became kind of this um, it, it became my guidebook of what a woman was to become. what was what would be my job someday when I grew up? and and it really was just an unhealthy pattern through my life. And I carried a ton of shame inside of me. That tag probably was my deepest rooted one. Um, And it's interesting because when we hide our story and we sort of bottle that up inside and keep those tags really hidden, it's actually hurting us more. Like how much freedom did you get when you started, when you just flipped your skin inside out and you're like, Hey, this is my stuff. And this is what I'm working through.
1: Right. Oh man. Uh, One of your core values that one of your core values that I saw on your website is connection. Why Mm -hmm. is that so important to you?
0: You know, I realized a couple of years ago, I had a mentor ask me, who are you without a role? And for six months, I would give her answers and she would literally go, that's a role. And and then I would go back to the drawing board and I was committed to finding out who am I without a role? And what I realized was relationship is who I am without a role. I get out of bed every morning and I thrive on that connection with people. So I actually have two core values. One is discovery and one is Connection or relationship. And through my life, those two core values would kind of fight each other. So, as I would go and discover something new that I was interested in, it would come with this group of relationships and all of these amazing friendships and all of this really open minded learning. But those relationships didn't necessarily go with the relationships I had maybe in my quilting club, right?
1: Sure. <laughs> People yeah.
0: laugh when I say I'm a quilter, but, um, and so that was a struggle for me because. Then I would have kind of some relationship disconnect. And so I, I would always kind of chameleon into one world and then chameleon into the next, because I wanted to fit in, in that place. And it, and so it kind of, as much as it was a good thing in my life, it also created a habit for me to attach certain tags in certain situations and be that people pleaser,
1: mm. Yeah. And uh, now I've seen on your Instagram and you've posted a couple of times you also have this shirt that says prove them wrong. What does mm-hmm. that mean to you?
0: You know, prove them wrong is twofold for me. It's it's like there's a lot of people that are going to tell you you're not good enough. There's a lot of people that will see the stoner kid in high school that they believe you are always going to be that person and you have to be willing to show up and go, "You know what? You knew me once. That is who I was." I'm no longer that person and I'm proving you wrong. Like you don't get to tell me who I am anymore. You don't get to tag me, but it's also twofold in that I'm proving myself wrong as well. Um, So I'm a big believer that I am my own bully. It is my choice. If I go along and I pick up garbage that someone else has left behind them and I attach it to myself. So if somebody slings a label at me and I choose to grab it and go, oh, okay, I guess this is who I am then I'm the bully. I'm actually, I'm not the victim. I'm actually the one who's choosing to pick it up. And so prove them wrong for me is also like proving myself wrong because I have a tendency to, to attach those negatives to myself.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So good. One thing that I I'm big on is morning routines. And I think that helps set Mm -hmm. the tone for the day. You know, for me, I'm like, I can get two wins out of the way real quick. And one, if I open my eyes, I'm like, God, thank you for another day Two, I I hop out of bed to make my bed. So two wins in 15 seconds. And I'm like, boom, there's there's awesome tone set right there for the day. What's your morning routine look like?
0: Oh, gosh, you are. This is one of my tags that I'm trying to pull out. I would love to be more structured. I am not a routine person at all. It's funny, my tag for 2021 is cadence because I've implemented a lot of really cool, amazing new things in my life. And a lot of those things take structure and they would be working so much better if I had structure. Um, And so it's kind of getting into that rhythm, right? Like you're riding a bike of just producing all the things that we need to produce in our day and, and getting the things done. I have two biological children and four stepchildren And my husband and I have several businesses. So structure would do me so much good, but I have to admit to you, I am just not a routine person. Um, I am as far as like my children are concerned, but other than that, it's funny. I'm a very kind of spontaneous thinker and doer, Um, but I am working on that tag, Eric. So you can move me towards that. I will, I'll be your best friend for life if you can help me with that.
1: That's awesome. There's a great book called, uh, from Craig Ballantyne, uh, called mm-hmm. the perfect day formula. And it just oh, talks awesome. about like kind of setting the tone for the day, the night before you go to bed Yeah, and uh really, really great book. I highly recommend you check that out. Um, what's a big accomplishment that's on your bucket list that you want to kind of, uh, accomplish or check off this year?
0: Oh, well, my book, I'm okay. writing a book. Awesome. And I've got a lot of tags that pop up with regards to being a writer. And, um, you know, I do that in air quotes, which I shouldn't, cause I'm trying <laughs> to attach the tag that I'm a writer. Right. Um, and it's confronting. So I think when you create content and you, I'm very committed to being vulnerable and sharing really deep parts of my story and, and heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there are filters that come up when you create content because you don't want to hurt your family or you don't want to hurt your spouse or you don't want to hurt your coworkers or whatever it is. And so writing the book, I'm really committed to making sure that those filters are peeled off and that I really am coming from a place of being unfiltered and honoring as well of all those relationships, um, which is probably my biggest challenge point right now. So getting the book written and published by the end of the year would be just the most massive achievement that I could possibly imagine.
1: Gosh, I love that because uh, I'm the same way where people have said, well, you should write a book. And I don't consider myself a writer. I don't write stuff. I'd rather just jump on a video and just record something and
0: just, just put it
1: out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, if I, if I go to write this book, my story entails like so many people that are just like my direct family, like how do I write that without disrespecting them too much, but also being real, you know? And totally. so that's kind of like what I'm struggling with too, is like, if I go to write a book, how do I do that? And honor them, but not, I mean, I don't really care. Some of the people, like if, yeah. if they're just, if they're mad about it or want, cause it's the truth. Right. Yeah. So um, that's what I struggle with for sure.
0: I think those filters are actually what causes us to not heal though. Sometimes because when yeah. we show up differently, those rubber bands between the relationships where our hurt exists, get really tight and mm-hmm. the hurt, I think I want people to hear like the hurt is yours. So someone who you're going to tell a story about they may not have experienced that same thing that you did and they may not have realized or even intended to hurt you but there's healing that exists in flipping your skin out and showing some of those tags and being able to talk through some of those things that you know caused some of the woundedness inside of us and i think that it's difficult because if i just look at you i don't know you have woundedness you're just this happy-go-lucky guy you're you have these successful podcasts and you're this wonderful host but then you realize we all have this deep woundedness inside of us and it's, it's ours to share and work through and it's going to show up differently in every person, but it's such a huge part of our movement forward.
1: Yeah. I think that people need to be following you and listening to your podcast like crazy and, and definitely be checking Thanks. out your book as you release that. Well, where can folks follow you? What's the best place that you like to connect with folks at?
0: Yeah, we have a new website, www.tearoutthetags.com and you can awesome. find all the things from there. Um, I also, I love, love connection as Eric said in the beginning of this. So I'd love to hear from you on um, Instagram. I'm on there all the time. You can DM me and we're at tear out the tags there as well.
1: Perfect. I'd love to finish my show with some fun questions here. What book are you reading right now?
0: I just started a Brene Brown book and it's called, I think it's called daring greatly. Okay. I literally just opened it last night. I love her stuff. So I'm really excited to get into it.
1: I follow her, but I haven't read any of her books yet. And I've been, they're on my wish list. So I definitely want to get into her books this year for sure. Yeah. That's a, that's oh, a gold mine. She's line. so smart. She's so smart. It's, she's wonderful. Who inspires you?
0: I just finished interviewing my mentor, the person who I always say he saw me through the lens that I didn't own the glasses for. Um, so he and his wife are both corporate coaches and they do um, corporate development programs. His name's Ed Beard. And um, he's just, Man, he just, he moved me forward and just invested in me in a way that I don't know if anyone has ever invested me in me like that
1: love it that that's for me this year is my my big keyword is growth and just mm-hmm. meet with mentors and coaches and again attend my first mastermind this year and
0: awesome really trying
1: to to grow in that sense and, and then I've, I've kind of touched base with you like I'm going to secret knock later this year yeah and I'm also going to dr Greg Reed's mastermind in July at his house uh, that's with his mentors so I'm just pumped about that and so yeah that's a that's a big thing for me and he's that guy that is kind of like Surprising, I don't know why, but he's like picked me to kind of like be part of his tribe. And I'm like, man, what did I do? Like, I'm lucky to be a part of this. So yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to, to it's be a, a
0: good of. group. I know you're, you are lucky to be a part of it. Yeah. I, so I'm a big believer, you know, the saying that, um, we are the sum of the five people we spend most time with totally. I'm a big believer that three of those, those five spots need to be vacated. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. we, we have this tendency to kind of hang on to that, that inner circle. And the problem is that does not allow us to grow. So it isn't that you need to cut relationships with three of those five people. It's that you need those three spots open almost all the time so that you can be paying attention to new mentorship and new coaches and new development people that come into your life. Cause that really is what propels you forward.
1: Wow! Yeah, exactly, man. That's got chills on the back of my neck. That's awesome. <laughs> so good there. Uh, last question. I'm a music guy, so I love to ask the question. Like, what's a favorite type of music for you, or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to?
0: I do. My favorite singer and songwriter. His name's Tyrone Wells. He is a kind of indie folk style writer. Um, I love Christian music, and he yeah. writes he writes his music in a way where it is very. It could be very easily Christian, but it's not. And I, I, that's like the energy that I'm channeling for my book, because I really want to be able to reach non-believers through Mm -hmm. this positive messaging and really this place that I wasn't always in. Yeah. Um, and I just love him. He's just fantastic. He writes just the most positive, amazing music. And it's, you know, some of it's more acoustic and kind of that, like, you know, down home, it just warms your soul. So he's, he's very much my favorite. My husband actually brought him to our wedding two years ago. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you what. It's It's like little girl's dream come true. It was the best day ever. So. Oh
1: man. That's so cool that he was able to come to your wedding. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. He did a full set the night before at our rehearsal dinner. And then he sang as I came down the aisle and... yeah wow. i melt i know uh,
1: i'm a believer as well so i, I love that uh, that you we have a shared faith in, in christ and things like that and and uh, man it's, and tyrone's music is is awesome i had a, a a similar incident where like i grew up my very first cd was arrested development nice. and the, they had the song tennessee right yeah and so then like last year, I got to interview speech to the lead singer from rest of them on my show. Oh, is not the best. So cool to just talk with him and hear his story and what's going on and how he got to where he's at and things he's working on. But I was like almost starstruck because I think I've memorized all of that album, like, you know, by heart. Right. So I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, like I'm actually talking to this guy, you know, it's so cool.
0: <laughs> I think it's so interesting because I'm also obviously a podcast host and I see, I see podcast hosts do a lot of those like dream lists, you know, yeah. where it'll be like their top people they want to have on. And I have one of those, but mine is not, mine are not famous people. They're sure. they're people like, you know, he's famous to me. I like, sure. if I had Tyrone on my show, I would flip out. So I love that you say that because it's it, that that's when you really know that people really mean something to you and have really like influenced the what the person you've become. Yeah. I love that.
1: B, this is such an honor to have you on my show. You're an absolute world changer. I love your story. I love that you're out there doing what you love. And I'm so excited for your book. I I mean, just in talking with you and having prior conversation with you, I think that book's going to be world changing. People need to go buy that once it's out. But thank you so much for taking time. Such an honor to have you on.
0: Thank you so much. You're amazing. I appreciate that.
1: Oh, thank you so much. What a boost
0: of confidence for me today. You've made Uh, me feel like a rock star. Thanks. What's going
1: on? Thank you so much for watching the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. If you've not seen my show or you don't know the services that I offer, I wanted to drop them to you right now. One, I do voiceover work. So if you're looking for a voiceover person to cover your motivational videos, or maybe it's Kickstarter videos or whatever it is, let me know. I'm more than happy to help you out there. I also work with brands on brand and product videos, So they'll send me their products to do reviews or box openings. Let me know. I'd love to work with you on your product as well and hope you get that product out there. I also love to be able to share my story. So if I can make an impact on one person at your next speaking engagement, let me know. I love to talk about my story. I love to talk about how our past does not define our future and morning routines, and being consistent, how to be around those successful people that are just going to lift you up. Let's chat about having me speak at your next event. Let's make it happen. Again, thank you so much for checking out this show. Check out ericgallenmedia.com. Really appreciate your time. Have an awesome day.